Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading researchers, authors, and clinicians discussing issues in attachment theory. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. Today, Karen concludes her discussion with Dr. Gerhard Schroet on his work with prenatal bonding BA. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you here from Chaddock. And uh, my guest today is going to be joining us from his home in Germany. And I want to tell you a little bit about him. What he's going to be speaking to us about is prenatal bonding BA. So let me just uh, share a bit about um, him and his background. I'll be speaking with Dr. Gerhard Schroth, and he is um, a teacher and in Europe, across the world, and, and including in the US, uh, teaching about a method called prenatal bonding BA. And it is a special method that is applied to pregnant women. And it was developed by a Hungarian psychoanalyst, Jino Rafe. I am not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm doing my best. And uh, Dr. Scroat uh, was born in Heidelberg immediately after World War II. He has uh, education as a medical doctor and also uh, went through the psychiatry program. He's also trained in psychoanalysis, group analysis, family therapy, and various other orientations of psychotherapy. And then that was all before he started his outpatient office where he does some of the work that he'll be talking to us about today. He also was very influenced by meeting William Emerson in Heidelberg in 1995. And he realized that his limited knowledge as a medical doctor and a psychoanalyst. He he realized there was much more for him to learn through his meeting with Emerson. Emerson opened his eyes to the pre and perinatal world and allowed him to research on his prenatal experience in the womb of his mother. And then he began to train and research about the pre and perinatal world with Emerson and many others um, for a period of about 10 years in Switzerland and the US. So Dr. Scrot has also been presenting for the Association for Pre and Perinatal Psychology and Health. And it was at one of those meetings that he did a presentation, which got the attention of Michael Trout. As many of you know, Michael Trout is an incredible teacher, mentor, and friend to me. And this is how I learned of the prenatal bonding technique and of Gerard's growth work in this area. I've been in a study group with Michael Trout, Gerhard, and a number of others for close to two years now, looking at the prenatal experience of children who are later adopted. And so that's how I began to get to know um, Gerhard more. And so 
I'm so excited to be able to share the information that he's going to share with us today about prenatal bonding BA. And please stay tuned because the interview will be coming right up. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, here for our continuing discussion with um, Dr. Gerhard Grot, and it is about prenatal bonding, BA. And Gerhard, as we wrapped up last time, you were talking about these three phases. Phases? Would that be the right word? Stages? Which? Yeah. Okay. Stages maybe stages with the the prenatal bonding process that that's uh, the mother goes through and and the father we'll talk about that too um, let me see here what I want to ask you so so are there have you encountered skeptics along the way or you you mentioned that and the when you presented yeah. at the conference many people in the United States were very enthused um and you know how has like the overall reception been um with you trying to get the word out about this technique yeah to be honest the largest communities of skeptics to such a perspective like prenatal bonding BA yes. are the medical doctors. Okay. There are few on the world and mankind especially is based on natural science and nothing else than natural science. This creates a scotoma excluding other perspectives as humanities offer. But to create a new life does not need only a human egg and a sperm. A soul needs to be willing to incorporate in this new being and a woman who needs to be willing uh, to carry this new life to term. To convince natural science, we often need research to substantiate simple realities. Thanks to my wife, Anne Götz-Schroth, we have collected over 10 years the material to prove the results of prenatal bonding BA in a thorough research of about 500 facilitations worldwide engaging more than uh, 40 different colleagues in Europe and the US and their outcomes. We suspect that it will be published in an English journal within 2022. That's exciting. I will look forward to to reading that. That's, I'm sure, um, a great deal of work and effort put into putting a paper together like that and a study like that. Yeah, and natural science always asks for it. Maybe the public as well, uh, who cannot believe what we are ta talking about right in the moment. Mm. Yeah, yes. So 
obviously, you know, the word bonding is part of the name of this technique. Um, but what other, you know, what is meant by that? Like, what is the overall goal, would you say, um, of, you know, so, so I, say I'm a mother and I'm going to seek this out, you know, what, what is the overall goal or outcome we would be hoping for? Yeah. <clears throat> um, one uh, of the goals of uh, prenatal bonding is, as already mentioned in, in before, is to see uh, the biographical background of this whole family as it impacts uh, the existence of this new life. Yes. Uh, often transpired through unconscious behavior, which has a vast impact and is often not respected. And uh, the second piece is that there is a careful guidance during the so-called baby sessions mm -hmm. that uh, allows a clear communication between the mother uh, and the unborn and back and forth. This allows to find out with the baby's help if something is missed or something does not develop as expected. So medical interventions are possible long before symptoms can be detected by medical science in the communication between mother and the baby. Wow. And also healing processes can be induced by the facilitation itself. For example, a cervix that opens too early creating a threat of preterm birth can be closed by energetic massages of the pregnant woman during the baby sessions. And that has been shown um, or uh, reproduced by ultrasound pictures. Wow. So you've got some really hard evidence there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We try hard to do that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you already mentioned earlier that, you know, it, it's not considered psychotherapy. You're not doing interpretations. It's almost as though I liked when yeah. you said you're like transcribing what the baby is saying, which is different. Is there anything else you want to add about that? Yeah, um, on one hand, it's not, or not, no, it's really clear we mentioned that, that it's not meant as psychotherapy. So um, the facilitator trained by us for prenatal bonding uh, has different backgrounds. We already mentioned that. Yes. And uh, therefore, we need a different um, uh, method uh, to deal with. And the method itself that Jenny Raffay created in Hungary is much simpler than psychoanalysis. And it is not uh, our intention with prenatal bonding to change from behavior of the client. 
It's our goal to allow a clear overview of the biographical background and the impulses resulting from that to the baby. Mm. Uh, thus, less unconscious and suppressed fatal material is passed on to the baby as, as a burden from, from uh, generations before. Yes. So, to unburden this new life um, might be the aim of, I don't know if unburden is a, an English word, it is. I, I think I know what you mean. So I yeah. guess it is. Yes. Yeah. Re yes. To unburden this new life is the aim of prenatal bonding BA. And seen from that perspective, we can suspect an enormous healing outcome for the new generation, even it is not primarily intended as psychotherapy. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because um, there's now information about, you know, through epigenetics and other things, um, how things how are passed through generations and, you know, even looking at DNA and being changed mm -hmm. as a result of traumatic experiences. So it, it, you're ahead of of some of that and then this is now confirming that in scientific communities that this the happenings of the generations before matter so greatly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how do you um involve fathers or if there's a, a second mother or family members how might they be involved yeah I think it's it's very uh, easy to understand that not only the mother and the baby interact, but the father is as important as the mother from the baby's perspective, as the father contributes a half to the baby, yes, means and with his relation. So the, the father is normally participating in this baby sessions uh, and the separation sessions and he uh, greatly appreciates to be seen as the father as the, yeah, we know, for example, that the hormonal status of a father is changed by a pregnancy. Uh, as if the father is willing to in, to be involved. If a father is somewhere outside uh, working thousands of kilometers uh, away, he won't change his hormones as he has no contact. Yes. So there is the contact on one level and the, the personal corporal relation and uh, reaction <clears throat> on the other hand. And that research is so interesting because I think we were, you know, always thinking about the hormones of the mother and milk production and all of these things that happen to the mother hormonally. And then to find that if the father is involved in the care of the baby, they have these hormonal changes. It, it, 
seemed almost unbelievable the first time I heard it, um, because I'm so conditioned to think certain ways. Um, I had to like wrap my brain around it, so to speak. I don't know if they say that in German. <laughs> I had to try to absorb that idea yeah. um, of that being possible. Yeah, what what we see from the medical science is always the corporal uh, reactions, and we don't connect uh, the emotional connections uh, to the same topic. And in prenatal bonding, we really can research and see and observe what happens between the baby and the mother, and what are the the um, the consequences. Yes. Yes. So I, I tell you a story uh, about this uh, communication yes. that, that just came up. Um, uh, I had a facilitation, and the mother was um, talking to the baby about what she just experienced with her mother being in a supermarket and buying things for the baby. And after a while, the baby showed up uh, and uh, told the mother, don't talk only about the, the grandma. Uh, I'm more interested in the grandpa. It came up from the baby. And the mother shared things about the grandpa uh, that she had experienced. And we we afterwards found out that the baby uh, originally had a stronger relation to the grandpa. And after birth, the grandpa became his best friend. Okay. Wow. So another uh, uh, situation that happened with my daughter, uh, she had already born a boy and uh, after this first birth, she was pregnant again and she was in week 10 or 11 somehow and her uh, eldest son told her this is a girl and he all he always wanted to have a girl as a sibling and the medical science turned out this is right so he had a very specific relation to his sister in the womb uh, even being a child maybe of uh, four or five years that's fascinating. And well, this describes that there is much more on communication and much more on relation that we haven't seen until now. Yes, it certainly does. So what are some of the positive outcomes that you have seen as a result of the prenatal bonding BA experience? Well, what you may already understand that the inner perception of a mother 
uh, is very well attuned to the pregnancy and the unborn and she has uh, as well uh, access to her own wisdom as a wife. So her natural female capa capabilities are very much empowered and the woman f finds back to her uh, personal capacity, which is sometimes, um, uh, well, how to, uh, to name it, uh, by the actual working situation of women. Uh, many rational aspects uh, are more in the foreground than to feel into the body and to think about and to realize the body reactions. That has been at the, at the edge somehow uh, through the uh, actual cultures. So uh, being related to the own body allows much easier birth uh, as uh, we see giving birth as a kind of very delicate dance that mother and baby do to allow the baby to get out through this narrow path. And if they can interact um, during giving birth, they can help each other uh, to do it in a way that is most comfortable for the baby and much less painful uh, for the birth-giving mother. So you can imagine that uh, obstetrical interventions are much less needed uh, after prenatal bonding uh, BA and cesarean sections are decreased uh, to about the half uh, of what we normally see. It's just so remarkable. Yeah, and one existential piece is that we nearly have no premature birth. If you look at the data in, in America, you will read at about 11 to 12% of premature born babies, and that does not happen after prenatal bonding BA. So what we also uh, can easily understand is that a birth trauma is mostly of low degree um, to babies after uh, prenatal bonding BA as the process of giving birth is an is a, um, interaction between mother and baby and both communicate uh, how to do it and how this is optimal. They work together as a team. Right, exactly. They can work together. They are a team long before birth and you easily can imagine how this team works afterwards. So babies are absolutely easy to raise uh, as they understand each other uh, and they also, if you have some things to do they and you communicate that the baby can wait 
He, may, he might be hungry, but he can wait until you are prepared. And so, um, well, one, one piece should be mentioned uh, still, that is postpartum depression. Oh, yes. That's a topic that is very far in the background uh, in, the, uh, in the culture. It's not seen that nearly every fifth or sixth woman uh, suffers from postpartum depression. Uh, it's very much uh, hold back and a lot of shame is about this uh, situation. And we don't have the experience of postpartum depression uh, after prenatal bonding BA. Even in my office, I had a lot of, brain, uh, of women um, facilitated with uh, prenatal bonding who had experienced in before uh, postpartum depression with the first pregnancy or even came in into my office because having postpartum depression and being pregnant again. Okay. And none, none of about 80 um, facilitations I did in an earlier publication, none of them ever returned to postpartum depression without any medication. That's just so remarkable. Yeah. That's a, a great step forward. Yeah, you asked me how these information um, can be um, given to interested people. Uh, we do right now, uh, since one year, an international training here in Gleisweiler, um, which uh, includes um, 14 participants coming from Europe, coming from the US, coming from Australia, uh, and they learn um, uh, theory, that is the simple part of it, but also how to um, facilitate uh, to facilitate their own cases uh, under uh, supervision, self-reflective supervision. And there's a, a method that allows to learn from their own experience. So their own life experience impacts their facilitation. So if something pops up in the facilitation that belongs to their own experience, uh, it becomes difficult. So yes. some kind of self-reflective work with their own history, as the questionnaire uh, describes, but their own history helps the facilitators that are learning to do that uh, to understand their own life and their yes. own background, uh, which helps them to understand the background of the pregnant women. Yes. Well, thank you so much, uh, Gerhard, for this interview and the information about this 
really fantastic technique that has had such wonderful results. And I really look forward to the the upcoming research that will be coming out that I know you've worked very meticulously on. So thank you so much for educating our audience about this topic. Yeah, thank you, uh, Karen, inviting me uh, to present uh, as one of the first not American presenters <laughs> this method uh, to your audience. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchaddock.org, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for future episodes. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please visit tkcchaddock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. 